Welcome to Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go Beyond the Numbers to find out. Welcome to the Weaver Beyond the Numbers podcast, real estate edition with Howard and Rob. I'm Rob Nowak, tax partner with Weaver. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Howard Altshuler. Howard is our partner in charge of real estate services for Weaver. Howard, what do we have today? Thanks, Rob. Well, today we're joined by one of our partners, uh, Charlie Anastasia. Charlie is one of our tax partners who is located in our New York City office. So, Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Uh, I understand that you attended the uh, NARI REITWISE conference a couple of weeks ago. Um, you had indicated that you had a lot of fun, learned a little, lot of new things. Uh, but what I wanted to find out before you got into that was share a little bit for our audience who may not be familiar, um, what are REITs and why would people want to have REITs or set up REITs? Okay, well, quite honestly, REITs were established in 1960 by Congress to allow people like you and me, the regular folks, to be able to invest in real estate. Real estate offers a lot of tax advantages, but because obviously in order to purchase real estate, sometimes you need a lot of capital. It's not as easy to just go out and purchase a building, but REITs mm -hmm. gave individuals the, the ability to go ahead and invest in REITs and basically get to get those, those same tax advantages that come from them, where you would get the deferral of income by recognizing such things as uh, losses from depreciation, which would allow the investor to not have to recognize any income in that specific year. So what you're saying basically is that I can make investments in real estate as an individual with much less capital needed than buying a whole building and still retain similar tax advantages that I would if I was buying a building. That is absolutely correct. And that's the exact reason that these were put in play. So Charlie, if somebody's going to set up a REIT, what are some of just the, the basic um, ownership or entity type of considerations that they need to, to think through? Are these corporate vehicles? Are they partnerships? Are there ownership requirements? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, they are actually formed as corporations, but they're treated as a hybrid, if you will, where they're corporations, but they are treated as pass-through type entities. And what I mean by that specifically is just that because of the fact that a corporation typically, as you know, faces that double taxation where you're taxed at the corporate level as well as taxed at the uh, individual owner or the shareholder level, what happens in a REIT is if you meet these really strict requirements for both asset uh, and income tests, and on top of that, there's also distribution requirements, as long as those are met, the REIT itself is deemed to not be taxed. But yet a dividend, if it's deemed to be a taxable dividend, would flow to the investor and that investor would pay that tax on its respective tax return. Those, those income and asset type tests, are those annual tests, quarterly tests? How, how are those measured and, and sure. when well, are they the, measured? Well, the, the asset tests are actually done quarterly. And basically, for the most part, it's that you have to make sure you have at least 75% of your assets are deemed to be real estate assets. The income test actually is an annual test where they have both a 75% and a 95% test. Once again, looking to make sure that the income for the most part is indeed rental real estate income. Okay. And Charlie, I presume that these tests are um, 
not the easiest ones to to interpret and to implement. So uh, I would encourage anyone who is working with REITs and um, needs some help to reach out to their tax advisor or to Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. Just for the fact that, you know, there, there are some, you know, really tight knit rules if you wanted to follow the, the revenue code. But more importantly, just for the sake that if the REIT does blow up or you do fail any of these tests, you could be in a position where Armageddon hits and you end up paying 100% of a tax. And that right. is devastating to anyone. Got it. So the All downside, right. if I heard you, is, is 100, it's almost like 100% excise tax in effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that is one of the downsides to a REIT that if you fail your tests and if you do have bad income, potentially you could be faced with 100% tax. So everybody should practice safe REIT status. <laughs> absolutely. I like the way you put that. But yes, that is absolutely something we highly recommend. All right. Well, Charlie, we're about halfway through our time. So now why don't you share with us kind of a nugget or two that you learned from the conference? Sure. Actually, you know, with the fact that we were in a, we are in a pandemic, it was really interesting to hear, you know, how some of the folks are, are, are looking to expand upon this. And one of the things that came out of it is, especially because we're all working in this virtual environment right now, is this aspect known as uh, the smart city, where, you know, if you think about it, we're all sitting here, you know, working from home, but what if it's a corporate environment, a corporate office? And now what happens in that corporate building per se, where you might want to have connectivity for various components, such as internet and Wi-Fi, or you may want to have some radio streaming going on throughout the building that people have access to. Also, you might have to have fiber optic cables placed within the building. Now, those things typically, people don't think of that and say, oh, would that be deemed real estate or not? But quite honestly, the people are thinking of this from a different perspective now, especially us folks that really follow REITs to say, can these actual components, like I said, such as fiber optic cables, or think of a, a data center mm -hmm. right now, where everybody has all these big information platforms that are trying to protect. One of the big REIT platforms right now are these specific data center REITs. So when you look at that, you say, okay, so the data is being stored in a warehouse and that warehouse is a building. But what happens if that building was within a REIT? What are the ancillary services that are being provided within that building, such as what about security? Obviously, you want to make sure your data is secured and you're going to have security issues. REITs have this thing, like we, I just told you before, about rental income is what is good income for a REIT. These other things are such as impermissible tenant service income fall under a category that can be deemed bad income, which could end up passing, you know, when you go into that 75 and 95% mm -hmm. bucket, like we just discussed, can end up putting you in a, in a position where you fail those tests. So those are the type of things, especially in the, you know, the, the structure of the building that are being looked at currently that people are really taking a closer look to say these items, maybe we would not have to have uh, these deemed impermissible tenant services, or potentially we wouldn't have to have something called a taxable REIT subsidiary, which is basically just a C-Corp that would be allowing you to put these services in. But once again, as a C-Corp, it would be deemed taxable. So not always the best situation. So you try and really weigh that out both ways to see, would you want to put those services within the REIT and still pass your tests or possibly set them up within a TRS and pay the tax. So you really have to look at all options. Beyond the good income, bad income and the ancillary services, is there one more thing you picked up that we might be able to share with the folks? Well, you know what? 
given the fact that COVID is, is such that it was on everybody's mind, there's also amenities that go into these buildings, be it whether it's a retail property or uh, even a commercial property that you think of that usually what, what, what REITs look for is say, all these services deemed to be customary in the market, which would make them something that would be good REIT services. But now that we're living in this COVID environment, you just have to start thinking, what other services may people need? Because they some people are either just not leaving their, their buildings for some reason. Now, what about curbside pickup services for uh, you know meals? You have sidewalk dining that's being put into place. Now buildings are going to have to put into, you know, think about how if you know you're a commercial building and you have all your tenants are back, assuming they're coming back but yet they still don't feel safe walking out to a restaurant. You may have to set up some additional space outside. Now, is that space going to be part of the rental stream that's going to be coming from the tenants? Would that be deemed a good rental income perhaps? So these are the things that people are thinking of right now that I can tell you going back, you know, number of years, this, this was not commonplace. What about, yeah. you know, you used to probably go to lunchtime, people go out to a gym, now, this sudden, they may have to start putting some exercise studios within these buildings, which historically would not be deemed good, good tenant service income. But guess what? This may become the new normal. We may need it. Yep. Yeah. One thing I could think of would be package storage services. So, all right. Well, um, Rob, I think uh, we're about out of time. So do you want to close this up here? Sure. Uh, Charlie, thanks so much for joining us. And we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this was the Weaver Beyond the Numbers real estate podcast with Howard and Rob and our special guest, Charlie Anastasia. Uh, for rebroadcasts of all of our podcasts, uh, our live casts, thought leadership, please go to weaver.com. Mm-hmm.